Hello, dear listener. Josh here, and I just wanted to give a quick little note before this episode because, of course, after we had already recorded, news broke that the WGA has officially called for the end of their 148-day strike. We will no doubt discuss this in a ton of detail next week, but for now, congratulations to all of the writers for sticking this out and for changing the industry for the better. All right, now on to the episode. This is Pixel Splitters, your absolute favorite conversation movie news podcast with your hosts, Josh. Now that you say that, I don't know that I would watch that movie again either. And Willis. I don't even like like thinking about this movie. Join us each week as we break down the latest movie news, TV news, and general industry news and debate about what it all really means. It's finally Megapixels week, dear listener. Yes, we have talked about this for many months now. Months? Yeah. <laughs> but here we are. We're we're finally doing it. We have a really interesting uh, top five list for you t- today. I'm not going to get into it just yet. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. First, we do want to lead off this episode with some little bit of industry news here because the WGA and the AMPTP have reached a tentative agreement to end the current writer's strike, which is the first step in the right direction since the start of this thing, really, which has been over 150 days, I believe. Like it's it's almost the longest writer's or the longest strike uh, to have happened in the industry, which is insane. Um, Yeah. But it seems promising. We've gotten word that the, you know, the deal is extremely good for the WGA, which is wonderful. Um, And it's interesting that they decided to do this one before the SAG uh, deal. Yeah. I I think that's a good sign. I think that means they're really serious about like, we need to end this thing. Yeah. I mean, I think, and I think we've said a couple times, you know, the WGA, I think was the more strenuous of the two. Yes. Um, I think they had deeper demands. So, um, it'll be interesting to see, yeah, when when the writers when the writer strike officially ends. Mm-hmm. It's still tentative at this. I, they haven't uh, signed anything. I don't believe. Nope, not yet. Um, as of this recording, at least. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with SAG. Yeah, you know, if they kind of just follow suit. Um, right. I mean, we've said plenty of times that they have very similar demands. Yeah. So if you're you know in a good place on one. I don't know. It seems like a good good thing. Yeah, so. it's, it's leverage right there for, for the rest of the guilds, which... Um, yeah. Yeah. So we will which, keep you updated as yes. to what's going on, because no doubt next week we'll have a ton of news Tune to in next week, yeah, because there'll be a lot more information. Uh, I mean, there's probably a lot more information by the time you're listening to this, one would hope at least. Um, right, yeah. But yeah, tune in next week and we'll we'll dive in. Right, exactly. Um, and before I get into what's releasing, I do just want to say uh, this week, because I didn't say it at the top, we are doing the top five movies that we enjoyed watching, but we will never watch again. And that is, again, broad, open-ended. We didn't really discuss exactly what that means. So we'll do yeah. that after we talk about the movies and TV shows that are releasing this week, which uh, for theaters, we got two movies that I'm actually excited for. The first one being Gareth Edwards, the creator uh, hitting theaters on the 29th, which I'm just like, let's go. 
original sci-fi. This is this is going to be one of those movies I feel like that is either all over the Oscar conversation or not even a little bit. Yeah. Like this is either going to be great or terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think this lands anywhere. In the it definitely doesn't. Um, and I haven't heard any buzz on it. So I'm like, keep it yeah. that way. I have IMAX tickets for this upcoming Thursday, the day, I guess, the day that nice. this episode drops. So um, we also have Saw X coming to theaters. Which I'm maybe I don't. Did this movie not already happen? Uh, not really. There was like a Saw, there was Spiral, and then there was Jigsaw, and then we came back to Saw 10. Now, I don't, I've seen them okay. all. I can't, I I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't keep them straight. I, I mean, I saw this and I was like, I would have sworn, maybe I'm just thinking of Fast X, but like, yeah, I would have sworn that I was like, we we got there, we hit the 10 already on it. But we've, we've should have, if we haven't already. Uh, but that's coming <laughs> to theaters as well. Uh, for streaming, for shows, there's a lot of uh, reality TV, as is what happens when you don't have any yeah. writers going on. We have The Voice coming back for season 24 on Peacock. Kitchen Nightmares coming back for season 8 on Hulu uh, on the 25th. We have The Masked Singer coming back for season 10 on Hulu on the 27th. Hell's Kitchen season 22, Jesus, coming to Hulu on the 28th. Lego Masters season 4 coming to Hulu on the 28th. We have Gen V which I'm kind of like, I don't know. That's the boys spinoff. I've watched both trailers for that and I don't care. I don't at all. care at I'm all. I'm like, it seems like it's just kind of violence for violence sake because like, that's what people liked about the boys, right? It's like, no, the boys is actually a good show that had violence. Yeah. In it, you know? Um, so I don't know. I'm uh, not going to be watching. Yeah. I, I might watch one episode just to see where it's headed, but I'm not. Yeah. anticipating it. Um, you report back. Let me know. I will. I will. Uh, that's hitting Prime on the 28th. We have The Simpsons coming back for season 35 on October 1st on Hulu. Bob's Burgers coming back for season 14 October 1st on Hulu. And Family Guy coming back for season 22 on October 1st on Hulu. All three of those. I'm like still on the air. Trucking I feel along. like this is the last season for Bob's Burgers. It's possible, but you can't never count an I animated like show out. <laughs> True. I feel like I remember. Yeah, I I did watch Futurama this morning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I feel like I remember reading something that Bob's Burgers and Archer were both fully ending, ending. this year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, H. And John, H. John Benjamin. Benjamin was taking his money to the bank. He's like, God, he needs some work after that. But um, <laughs> so that's what's coming for shows. For movies, we have Blue Beetle hitting VOD on the twenty fifth. We have Dreamin' Wild hitting VOD on the 25th, Gran Turismo hitting VOD on the 25th, uh, The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar hitting Netflix on the 27th, and Reptile, the Benicio Del Toro film, hitting Netflix on the 29th as well. I don't know. I watched the trailer for Reptile. I don't have no idea the tone of that movie. Yeah. We'll see what happens. We'll see. We definitely will. Uh, so that's what's coming this week, guys. And without further ado, let's talk about some movies. So like I said at the top, we are going to be giving you five movies that we enjoyed watching, but we will never return to again for any reason, really. Yes. Um, which is open-ended as it should be. Yeah. So this was a really hard prompt. Um, Strange one. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if we can just talk about the prompt here for a minute. Yeah. Like, the original thought I had on this was like, all right, top five movies you enjoyed but like we'll never ever 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 watching it like yeah on like, your life great, will but never. fuck that movie yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you know um which i think is a very 
specific kind of thing. Um, and I had a really hard time. I mean, I had a handful that came up like immediately that was like, yep, 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 yep. Like, right. Fuck that movie. Uh, but like I was having a hard time getting a full list and I was like, I've never had a hard time getting a megapixels list together before. Well, that's yeah. not getting a f- enough movies that you feel to good fill about a megapixels yeah. list. Yeah. Um, so I like, I had to kind of explore it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, because that can mean a lot of things. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like the first kind of thought I had was like, I don't rewatch movies that much. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of movies that I, I'm never going to watch again, but, but not for, not any, for reason. any particular reason, just from the reason that there's, you know, 200 movies on my watch list right now. Right. Right. You know, and if it's, if it's not a necessarily, um, light movie, I'll say. Yeah. Um, initially my thought was movies that I'll never watch again because fuck that movie. And then it was like movies that I'll never watch again just cause like, I'll never get around to it. It's an undertaking. Oh yeah. 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 Like, like watching that movie takes something. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that I'll ever like get to that place again. Right. That mindset. I think there's a lot of Oscar noms that fall in that where you're like, like I'll use for an example, uh, the movie Closer from last year. Yeah. Um, which was one of the foreign language films. I really didn't like that movie, so it would have been on my list anyway. But right, like, right. that's one of those ones that I'm like, if that hadn't been on the Oscar list, then I would have never watched it to begin with. Totally. And would never, like, yeah. in that moment, that's why I watched it. I'll never watch that movie again. Right, right. You know, But even good movies on that list, like All Quiet on the Western Front, like, I don't think yeah. I'll ever watch that again. Not because I didn't enjoy it, but just because- All like, Quiet on the Western Front, like, <laughs> kept coming up. Yeah. Like, I talked to a couple of different people about this and like, that was one that like kept coming up. I'm like, yeah, but like, <laughs> I feel like that doesn't count because like, of course you're not going to watch all quiet on the West. No one casually watches fire it all up. quiet on yeah. Western front. You know what I mean? But like that brings on a whole nother thing is like, are there things that like I would casually watch again, but like, I'm not going to like, right. I tried to see if there's like a way to take the negative out of it of like, mm. That made me not feel good, so I'm never going to watch it again. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, it's tough. There was like a lot to sort of unpack, and I still have my list of probably 20 down here in front of me <laughs> nice. that I've crossed a bunch out of, and I have, you know, the ones I'm going to say marked off, but also- Who knows? Like, there's nothing to say that, that I might be like, no, nah, as right. I look down at this list, so- Right. Yes. Um, it's free-flowing, as, it sh- as every megapixels should be. Yeah. So, got see, I'm just like questioning my list. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. So, I don't know. Any other comments about the assignment, I guess? Not really, other than the fact that it's going to be... Well, actually, I do want to say that there's a chance that we spoil some things about any of the, mo- the movies that we're speaking about, although... That's true. Some of them are not really spoilable movies, and a lot of them probably won't overlap between us, so you might not have seen... I'm going to try and do my best not to like say the ending of any of these movies, um, yeah. but, but be forewarned, that could be happening here. But other than that, yeah, no, I'm just excited to see where each of us took this prompt because it is odd so you want to you want to start with the the runners up here i feel like we usually flip something random on my desk uh, you usually flip an sd card which i'm looking around to I see don't if seem i to have, have an one. sd card um 
Um, here, I'm going to flip my checkbook. Okay. <laughs> so if check side. Check side and blank side. Check side and then the back. Yeah. Okay. So I'll call so, it. So um, call it in the air. Okay. This is bizarre. Uh, one, two, I don't know if you can see where I'm flipping it. So yeah, yeah, one, yeah. two, three, flip. Uh, the back side. The back side it is. Does that mean I go so, first? I think that you can, I think you can choose if you want to go first. Oh, oh my gosh. It's your option. Okay. It's like a football coin flip. I got you. I actually do want to go first. Um, Not that I- That is your prerogative. Yeah. Not that I know where this is going to land, even though we've done this like 40 times now, but um, yeah. So I guess I'll start with my runner up, correct? Yes. Uh, this is a movie that um, I will not- watch again for a couple of different reasons and it's Lynn Ramsey's We Need to Talk About Kevin. I don't know if you've seen this movie mm. um, starring Tilda Swinton, John C. Riley, and Ezra Miller and yeah. it's partly because the subject matter, I mean it's I'm going to be straightforward about it. It's about a school shooting and it's yeah. a difficult subject matter to talk about it and I feel like in America where we're based it keeps getting tougher and tougher to deal with situations mm -hmm. like this because i think this came out in like 2012 or 13 and since then it's like our situation hasn't gotten better and then adding on to that the ezra miller of it all and you kind of just have a movie that i just yeah i really enjoyed watching but I, I don't think that i would enjoy watching a second time because of not just what it means for like our lives here in the United States, but also, yeah, you know, I, I'm going to be honest, watching Ezra Miller in movies is, is really, really odd to me now. And it mm -hmm. kind of taints everything in a way. Um, a, a really gorgeously made film, a, a truly spectacular Tilda Swinton performance at the heart of it all, but tough really tough and yeah. uh not one that i'm like you know what i need to fire up today is we need to talk about kevin so um yeah that's my runner up <laughs> for today nice nice um shit i think i'm already calling an audible here oh god for your runner up am i no i'm not good so my runner up um is one that i we've talked about a lot mm. um and I kind of just had to get on this list and putting it in runner up because I'm like, it doesn't really deserve to be on the list, but it is one of the first things that I thought of when I, I you know, uh, was thinking about this prompt and uh, my runner up for a movie that I've seen that I'm never going to watch again is Avatar. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I put this, I put this in, Ava I put Avatar in there because I could go watch Avatar right now. Sure. You know what I mean? But that movie, I have no interest in seeing if it's not in an IMAX 3D spectacle. Yeah. It's 100% genuinely built for that. It doesn't work on a smaller screen, you know, and like I haven't even watched it since I saw it in theaters. And I'm like, there's no way that works on a smaller screen. Right. Um, or in 2D. And I was thinking about it and I'm like, the only situation where I could see rewatching this is if they do a like like a matinee series when avatar three four and five comes out yeah that's a but in that case like that if i'm gonna rewatch avatar that dictates rewatching avatar and rewatching avatar two yeah and then watching avatar three or four or five and i'm like those are long movies to be 
at like a, you know, a double or triple feature. And I, I'm just, I like knowing myself, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Um, so like, I don't, yeah, I, I'm never going to watch avatar again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's like a weird one. Cause I'm like that, that was kind of the thing I was saying where I'm like, it's not like because it's bad or because it's like traumatic or right. anything like that. It's just like, it deserves more of a spectacle than I will ever be able to give it again. Yeah. So, yeah. And I had not, sorry, Disney plus. No, I mean, <laughs> I hadn't seen it since theaters, I think. And then the only reason I rewatched it was because they did an IMAX re-release of it. And I was like, eh, yeah, let me go see it. And and in the theater, in 3D, in IMAX, it is something. I would never dream of firing that up on my TV. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It makes no sense. I make I totally so, <laughs> I get it. That's my runner up. Um It's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. And like again, doesn't really belong on the list. I feel like, but it does though. It does, yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, are we going snake fashion through this one, um, or do we? St- sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's do. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So you go for okay. your five. I already said yes, yeah. so we're going for <laughs> it. Um, my four and my five are the ones that I'm most debating about here. So like, that's Ooh. why I'm taking a second. But I'm gonna go with my number five. Um. If for no other the number five that I have written down, yep. if for no other reason, then it kind of ties into what you were talking about with uh, we need to talk about Kevin. Mm. And my number five is a movie called Super. Yeah, um, this Rain is Wilson. Rain Wilson and uh, Elliot Page. Mm-hmm. This is James Gunn's. Um, sorry, I'm like trying to. The, it's impossible to just search for yeah, Super. Super. <laughs> Was this 2009 um, or something? Oh, well, as soon as I can bring it. 2010, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so this is uh, James Gunn's like early film. Mm-hmm. Um, probably what brought him into the Guardians world. Um, you know, kind of. I mean, it's a movie about a guy who uh, turns himself into a superhero. It's very kick-ass-esque. Yep. Um, but this, have you seen this movie? Not since 2010. <laughs> okay. Uh, so th- the reason I- I'm kind of putting it on my like, nah, I'm not going to watch that again is it takes a really dark turn. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of why I was saying like, it might be spoilery, mm. um, but like it takes a really dark turn with uh, Elliot Page's character. Yeah. And it- it's something that like, played i would i guess in 2010 but like in the 2020s is just like not really an acceptable storyline yeah um there's a lot of things of you know like assault and Mm -hmm. like you know consent things and and all that kind of stuff and it like given just i don't know the atmosphere that we're in now given um what James Gunn has gone on to do. And that sounded really negative. I don't mean that in any kind of capacity, but like considering this as part of his total filmography feels out of place. Yeah. Um, And it's just not a thing that I'll want to like go down again. Yeah. Um, I am like, part of me is a little curious about like what it would play like today. Yeah. But not enough to hit play. Yeah. On it. Yeah. I forgot about this movie. So super. Yeah. Um, problematic. 
like I liked it when it came out, but I feel like it's just, yeah, a thing that just won't hit anymore. And like would just be, it's from a different generation of superhero movies. Yes. And it feels like the, the merging of early James Gunn with like the trauma studios, Mm -hmm. James Gunn, whereas like, you know, and even his like studio project, which was slither. It's like there, there's this yeah. tongue in cheekness, but it's you see where they collide, and then he branches off to not do that anymore. And it's kind of like, yeah, that's the in between. It's literally the in between movie for him. And yeah, yeah, it's it is troubling for sure. <laughs> um, have so. not seen that in a long time. I don't now that you say that, I don't know that I would watch that movie again either. I mean, I feel like both of us have like a similar enough taste that like. I think, well, I guess you have watched Avatar again, but like. But in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're both kind of in the, going to end up being in the same, like, yeah, I don't think there's any of these that we're going to watch again. So. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, which uh, I guess leads to my number five, which is yes. wildly different. Although I'm curious to yeah. see if you've actually seen this movie because it's a movie that is tough um subject matter wise but that's not really the reason that i'm not gonna come back to it uh this is claude lonsman's showa have you ever seen it no it is literally nine hours long it is a documentary about holocaust survivors uh that Ah. i saw about five and a half hours worth in a class and then i took it upon myself for some reason to watch the remaining four hours uh, i do know about this yeah yeah um i've never watched it though it's it is a tough sit for a couple different reasons. Um, it's interesting because there's no archival footage. I mean, I guess now technically all of this is archival footage, but they don't have any sure. footage from World War II. It is all interviews and testimonials from survivors, bystanders, everybody from the time. And I guess part of the reason is because a lot of it is shown in a way that feels i don't want to it this seems wrong but it feels flippant it feels like there's such a disconnect and i get it because it's one of the most traumatizing horrific things that have ever happened on this planet but listening to some people talk about you know why they did or didn't do certain things Mm -hmm. it it has such a weird tone um and i think it's really important and people should watch this film it's just really tough it's difficult to watch. Yeah. Obviously, it's like a it's like a endurance test because it is over nine hours long. Um, but it, it's it's hard to listen to people talk about what they went through and not really f- seeing sorrow because they're so. It's just like a repressed memory. It's like a, yeah. something that just happened. And some people do show their like emotions, but listening to people talk about that and watching them just kind of go about their day, it's like that's making people having to go through that. It's just really, yeah. really, it's really, really difficult. So for many different reasons, I won't be watching Showa again, probably even in sections, but yeah. um, it is a remarkable piece of cinema. <laughs> like it really is. And if you have even like, a, you know, half an hour to check out some of it, it's, it's something they go to the concentration camps and they have people stand in the places that they were. And it's just like, it's remarkable um Trilling. 
but won't won't ever be checking this out again i don't think i'm sure it's on the criterion channel but uh yeah yeah you can it's it you can rent it on apple tv for 3.99 that's pretty good value feels really yeah <laughs> jesus <laughs> right? uh, but that that feels like something that you shouldn't be able to just rent for 3.99 definitely this is like you have to go and sit in scorsese's personal theater and watch it like this is that kind of <laughs> yeah. film so um yeah my number five is is Shoah. um all right I guess, so my number four now, right? Yes. My number four is a film I saw last year. Um, It is a movie that is an experimental surrealist kind of film that I'm not, I'm not a big experimental cinema guy because a lot of it, again, is an endurance test where you're like, how much of this can I watch? And this is a film called The Other Side of the Underneath, which is a portrait of a woman who is seen as schizophrenic but then turns out she might just be like repressed she might just be repressed like there's something in within her that's like societal guilt or sexual frustration or there's something there and this movie directed by jane arden is so uncomfortable and discomforting and is a weird look into mental health and what we deem as being insane and whether or not the people that are seem to be insane are actually insane but the way that it's shot is like a nightmare it's like a nightmare it really is and watching i can't believe i got through this whole movie because yeah it's just non-linear it's not really a story per se that you can gather from it um it's just makes you feel like you're the one that's insane watching it. You're just like, what the hell is going on here? And is this person in hell? Is this the way we treat people? Um, and it's beautifully shot. The cinematography is outstanding. Like really, there are some shots that I'm like, holy shit, I don't know how you did this. Um, the set design, the acting, everything comes together to create one of the most unsettling pieces of cinema I've ever seen. And for a number of reasons, I will not be returning to this, uh, mostly because it's not something that I enjoyed when I first watched it. I respected it. But I was like, nah, I think I'm out on this, man. I think it's a lot of screaming and loud noises and uh, very, very, um, yeah, discomforting imagery that is, is it's just it's just really weird. Um, so, yeah, I think I came away from this with the wrong idea the first time because like, oh, it's about schizophrenia. I'm like, it's actually not. It's actually not about yeah. not schizophrenia. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. And I had to reevaluate what I thought it was about, um, which is something, I guess. But um, yeah. yeah, the other side of the underneath, I think I saw this on Shutter, and I was like, oh, this could be cool. And it was something. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I was hoping you'd give me something a little more approachable than than Shoa to, to transition to. Here we um, go. But, uh, all right, here's, here's the one that I'm like, I really am not sure what I'm going to say in like 30 seconds because mm. I'm looking at three different ones. Uh, my number, so it's my number four, right? It is. Yeah. Um, so my number four is going to be, um, oh, I don't even remember how to pronounce this. Um, Agure, the wrath of God. I have no idea what this by is. By Warner Herzog. Oh, Oh my God! You surely you must have had to watch this on uh, in film school. Um, A G U I R R E. Aguri. Aguri. This movie. 
Oh. When I looked this up, I was amazed to find that this movie is only 95 minutes long. <laughs> I feel like that can't possibly be true. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, Warner Herzog, you know, notable for his nice, relaxing. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> his 7 a.m. watches. Short movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this movie is about a, a Spanish conquistador trying to find El Dorado um, and is just, I mean, it's Warner Herzog, so it's insane. But it's yeah. like next level Warner Herzog insane, mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, I watched this in film school and I remember having the hardest time even like I don't know what the word is coming into it I guess Mm. like having the hardest time like associating with what's going on yeah because it is and from what I remember like the production of it was absolutely insane Mm -hmm. um but it's just like I can appreciate all of the technical technical all of the filmmaking ability that is in this movie for sure yeah it is an incredible undertaking and like a a pretty incredible movie but it's so hard to grab onto yeah and so hard to stay with that i like i i don't even like like thinking about this movie. yeah 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 you know what i mean (laughs) um and it's weird because i say it and i'm like i don't i mean it was you know over a decade ago now that I watched this movie. But like, so I don't remember a lot of the the smaller details, but right. I have just this deep down aversion to it. Yeah. <laughs> that I like, is just built into me now that I'm just like, I can't, I can't with this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> that was one that I kind of came across when I was just like movies that I'm like, no, right. Nope. Yeah. Like I wouldn't even be able to have, like, I mean, you hear me talk about, I'm like, I wouldn't even be ha- able to have a conversation with you about what this movie. Right. Like means, um, because I'm like, I, no. Yeah. Just no. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm intrigued about this movie, to be honest. I, I, I don't understand how it's 95 minutes. If you had asked, I would have said it was probably like just under three hours. Right. <laughs> You know what I mean? Or like there was like a director's cut that was four and a half or something. Like I remember this being an insanely long movie and I'm like, is this insanely long or did it just feel like it was insanely long when I was sitting in the back of my classroom? Right. You know, there you go. I mean, I like watch it, man. I'd be interested yeah. to see what you think. Um, yeah. Herzog is, is all over the place for me. I'm like, some of his movies are, are, are great. Some of his movies. I'm like, Wow. Like, okay. Yeah. He's made like 80 movies, so. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just over here like. I got to add no, that to but, my watch uh, list with an asterisk. Yeah. Go for it, man. And Criterion. Criterion collection. Oh, I'm, sh- yeah, yeah, Rock yeah. And roll. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's on Tubi as well, everyone, for free check it out um so that's my number four nice um and i guess we're going on to my number three now yeah which i mean i think this is one of the ones that you probably could have guessed from me but my number three is joker yeah yeah this movie is really well made um 
Adam Mc is not Adam McKay. Um, uh, Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips, white guy names. Yeah, white uh, guy comedy <laughs> director. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Todd Phillips, like, is a talented filmmaker. Um, yep. I'm just like, I debate about whether or not I liked this movie. Yeah. You know, um, I really hate the cultural impact that it's had. Yeah. Um, so there's a little bit of me that's like spite not watching this movie again. Yeah. And like, I'm in no way excited for the sequel. <laughs> I'm really excited. I will say I'm really excited to watch all the like douchebag bros defend a musical. Oh, yeah. Um, But uh, I don't know. It's weird. I, like, because I don't understand the 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 Joker as like this intriguing character that everyone has. Right. I think it's complex and I think it's interesting, but I like, I don't know. I think this was, see, like I don't even really have a good handle on what my like aversion to it is. I'm just like, I, I don't know. I don't like that style of storytelling, I guess. Yeah. Um, where it's, you know, putting this terrible character up on a like look at this pedestal um right you know and like yeah it's like an inversion of like the hero trope you know what i mean which like yeah duh is what it's supposed to be but it's like in a way that's like if you can't actively like assess that and you see that hero trope and you just like associate it with the same i'm making like line graph yeah. gestures with my hands here uh if you can make like if you can't make that, if you can't see that difference, then like it becomes really problematic. And I just like, I I, think, I don't know. I'm kind of rambling here on, on Joker, but. I mean, I, I get why you'd put this on your list. And it was a movie that I toyed with being on my list too. Um, because well, one, it's, it is like unnecessarily intense like for what it actually is and like you're yeah. saying it's like a like a like an interrogation of this character that doesn't need any sort of like dissection like the point of the joker is not that he's misunderstood like the point of the joker is like yeah. he wants to kill everyone and torture batman like that's what he is yeah. and putting him in this kind of light especially like hearkening back to like all the references in the movie Joker are like Martin Scorsese movies, which are yeah. is doing that. But the other side, it's not saying like, yeah, you know, Travis Bickle's a really great guy. Like that's what we yeah. liked about taxi driver. It's like, but that's what it seems like Todd Phillips took from those movies. And yeah. that's what I didn't like because especially the end, like the very last shot of him with that ethereal like light coming through and him running down the hall with blood everywhere. Like he's clearly killed the therapist or something. Spoilers for yeah. Joker, but if you haven't seen it, like <laughs> fuck off. But like it's it's that shot that made me go, what is the point of this movie? Yeah. Like what did you it's, want me to take from this? <laughs> it's like, it's the the story of like, the antithesis of like a hero's arc. Yeah. But like, it's not an anti-hero. Right. He's just a villain. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, this is a villain. You're not supposed to root for this. Like he is 
chaos and evil and it's presented yeah exactly like you're so well articulating like it's this just it's this chaos character that is being given this like romanticized like oh but the joker like yeah you know um that i just don't agree with and i'm just like and even more troubling is under the surface there actually is a really intelligent thoughtful movie about someone who has been bullied like someone who actually deserves sympathy but it's not this character like it's not the joker and it's like that's where the lines get crossed where people are like oh well what if i it's like no 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 the joker is bad like sorry even if this person isn't heath ledger's joker joker is a is a villain like through and through with no redeeming qualities so it's just yeah it's just not not great. And Joaquin winning for this one, I'm like, dude, you could have given him a any like, come on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like he's had every performance. I mean, well, and and to tag one other thing on here, but I'm like, there is this, like an examination of mental health in here. Yeah. You know that I think is just really poorly done. Yeah. Where it's like it it seems like the depth doesn't really go beyond he has mental health issues so he's killing people right and that's fine Um, like and that's and well not even that that's fine but that's why is because mental health right you know that's why he's killing people and like oh because he's crazy and that's you know what it is it's like but like that's not that's like rudimentary yeah. understanding of like what a, a mental health crisis is yeah, yeah. so I, yeah I, joker this this was the one that i knew i was gonna be like yeah i yeah. hate this movie yeah it's like it is a good movie yeah todd phillips like what a wild swing to I come know. from him after the hangover series but geez um but tough okay sure yeah exactly <laughs> so Made a billion that dollars. is my number three. Awesome. So now we're on to my number three. Yes. Uh, which we're really going to bring it up now, uh, way up in, ter- in terms of like mood. I'm going to talk about Larry Clark's Kids, uh, <laughs> uh, a movie that yeah. is one of the most disturbing, upsetting movies I've ever seen in my life, um, but is a movie that is is good. Like it, on paper, it mm-hmm. is really good. And it's it's funny because like skateboarding culture, like this is a movie that was tossed around like nobody's business, like written by Harmony Corinne. Like it is a portrait of a bunch of kids growing up in New York City in the 90s. And it documents their debauchery and their sexual freedom, I guess you'd call mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. sexism, misogyny, and just like, it's just, it, you know what it is? It's it's a movie that is a brutal wake up call that tells you how life is. And like for mm-hmm. certain people, this is life. And like I think Harmony Corinne is a really interesting I don't think I've ever seen another Larry Clark movie, but Harmony Corinne is a filmmaker. Like them paired together, there's something just so damaged about them and their way that yeah. they've seen. And I don't know what happened to these guys or or what, but they really look at things like this is dark and people are awful and this is the way people are. And it's funny because coming from someone who like, I don't have the greatest opinion of humans overall, but I never go to this place and I'll, I'll get to 
this place again in a couple other films that I'm going to talk about here. But Kids is just very, it's just distressing in a way that I don't think yeah. I'll recover from after seeing. Um, again, it's really good, but like you couldn't, I don't, you could maybe pay me to watch this again, but I would not have a good time doing it, just knowing yeah. how it goes and what comes after. Um, and the low budget nature of it, the way that it's shot, it just makes it feel like you're documenting real All life. All the more, yeah. And it's just, it's troubling and it's horrific. And um, Well, and I remember... Well, I don't remember when this came out, but I remember uh, talking about this in film school yeah. and like the the terror, the um, alarm that it caused in parents. Yeah. You know, just from its just existence and parents all over the country thinking that this is exactly how their kids were. Right. Which is like, you, you know, know, it's kind of damaging in of itself. Right. But like, um, right. But yeah, this movie. Yeah. Well, I was going to say it probably made parents kind of look a little deeper at what their kids might be doing. And um, yeah. not every kid is going to be like these people, but there are kids like these kids and um, it's fucked. <laughs> it's a fucked movie. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Kids, Larry Clark. Wow. That's that. So that was on my list yeah. there. Like, and I was like, Oh man, I don't remember a lot of kids, but I remember watching kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, you never, and I feel like it. that's kind of a, a theme is like these are all seem to be movies that it's like I don't I'm not gonna remember all the details, but I remember the emotion that I mean down to Avatar. It's like I don't know, yeah. I don't really remember a lot of the details of Avatar, but yeah. I remember the emotion that it caused. Exactly. Um, yes. Um oh this is a really this is a great list we're coming up with. Very yeah, like all over the place, but in a good way. Um so that brings me to my number two. Uh this is another documentary. Yes that I'm throwing on this okay. list. It's a movie that one of my friends, did, she didn't make me watch it, but she highly suggested that I watch this. It's a movie called Dominion, uh, directed by Crystal Force. And um, there are some narrative pieces that I've seen that are just like damaging. Mm, I know this movie, yeah. This hit a nerve that... Like is I mean, uh, it's about the factory farming industry. It's a vegan documentary yeah. about the factory farming industry, and is a snuff film. It is you watch animals get brutalized for the better part of ninety minutes or more, um, and you not just that, but you see the callousness of the farmers of the people, and it's not even just the nature of what's going on to the animals. It's more of like the level of disassociation that these farmers and people have to go to in order to do these things like it is stuff that you like people like you don't see this kind of stuff in an nc-17 like slasher movie like this is stuff that you're like i can't i you'd never do this to a living thing type of type of film and it's weird because you can't stop watching it like my eyes were like glued to the screen which isn't normal. Yeah. Like with horror films, sometimes I'm like, ah, you know, it's not, I don't really, you know, this, it's like, it felt too important to, to not watch, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and it pulls absolutely no punches as it shouldn't. Um, and it like, honest to God, after watching this, my meat consumption like dropped considerably. I didn't go full vegan, but for a long time I was like, I mean, still to this day, I'm like, I, I don't sure. eat meat yeah, yeah, yeah. nearly as much as I used to. And when I do, I try and find the right places because it's just, it's like deplorable what happens in this movie. And um, 
I think that I, I really think everyone should watch it because it's also just a, a beautifully made documentary in this kind of way, but um, destructive as it was made to be. Like it was meant to yeah. make you feel like you're going to throw up at all times. And it does that. So, um, no, I won't be watching it again. It's funny because my friend who is a vegan who like showed me this she's seen this like four times she's like i this this is a movie that i come back to just to not like remember but to just like refresh like this is what humans do like this is what people are capable of and just the the true just callousness of life it's just it's insane for profit it's just it's nuts so dominion um really tough go in knowing that you will see some of the worst things you've ever seen but it is deeply moving like it really is so um yeah nice dominion nice all right uh so that will bring bring us to my number two yeah um my number two has remained steadfast at my number two for a little while. Um, Though I will say like the more I think about it, I'm like, I might revisit this at one point. Oh, so like maybe it doesn't belong in this list at all, but like, (laughs) like I feel like if, Someone told me day after day after day to rewatch this movie. I'd probably fold after a while, but sure. it would take a while. Okay. Um, so with that long introduction, my number two is uh, Akira. Ah. The anime film. Yeah. Uh, from 1988. Um, yeah. This movie. So, I, I mean. As so many teenage boys were, I was big into anime in in high school. Um, And I remember watching this. And I remember being absolutely blown away by this. Mm -hmm. And it sticks on my list because for a couple decades now. I've been like, would I watch rewatch that? Mm. And I haven't. Interesting. And I don't really feel the need to read this. Like, Mm. so, I mean, Akira, for those listeners who might not know, is like a neo-noir, not even neo-noir, but like a neo, a tech neo, um, neo tech. I don't know. I'm making up words here. (laughs) Uh, Anime film from the 80s about a biker gang member who turns into something. Um somewhat nondescript and I don't I see this is why it's hard because I can't really place why I don't want to revisit this movie yeah but I don't yeah I've revisited there are other ones kind of in the same genre like Ghost in the Shell that I've watched Ghost in the Shell a bunch love it yeah I really love Ghost in the Shell this one I like I feel like there is something in this that I don't remember that I had a really negative reaction to that, you've that like I just pushed don't back. back to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it may be something as simple as like, you know, as I recall, there's like a lot of violence and a lot of um, maybe not gore, but for lack of a better term, gore in this yeah. that like, I'm just kind of not really wanting to, to come back to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
as I, I mean, it's again, and it's one of those things. If someone said to me over and over again, like rewatch Akira, yeah. it's worth it. Maybe, but I'm. If it was gonna happen, it'd have happened by now. Oh yeah. Um. So I, I like this is one that I kind of came up when I started reframing like the question oh, yeah. of like films that you'll never revisit again. Because I'm like, if I was gonna rewatch Akira, would have done it. I'd have, I'd have watched it in film school. Right. You know what I mean. I'd have watched it in any of the amount of time in any of the times when I got really back into anime and like right. went back into, uh, you know, went down cowboy bebop and, uh, yeah. you know, neon Genesis and yeah, I mean, ghost in the shell and, you know, so yeah, I don't feel great about that one being so high on my list, but and there's also a whole question we can ask about like what the order of this list really actually means. Oh, but, sure. Yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> so that's my number two, man. That's a really interesting Akira. one. Yeah, I I don't know that I would have um, ever pegged that to be your number two. I I mm. just I don't know. That's very interesting. I mean, I feel like I say this uh, every time we do megapixels, but that was one that got high on the list, and then nothing I put up against it could pull it down. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I'm like I don't know. Yeah, as much as I want to love it, as much as I want to be like, you know, appreciative appreciative of its impact on anime cinema. cinema right. Um, anime cinema i guess that's a phrase yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, i just it's there's something about it i'm like nope nah. done so very interesting oh wow okay yeah okay where do you stand on akira i honestly am not sure i've not seen it in a long time and i was think it's weird you say that because i was actually thinking of revisiting akira before the end of the year because i was like oh i hmm. haven't i don't remember all i that do much see about it on it. your to watch list here yeah because I was like, I, I don't, I don't even want to rate this because I don't remember enough about it to rate it. So I was like, I'll have to probably do a rewatch of this at some point. Um, ooh, that's really interesting. All right, yeah. okay. That was one that came up as soon. Yeah, I, th- I said this already, but that was one as soon as I expanded the question that came right to the top. So I was like, yeah, okay. I love that. I absolutely love that. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, that brings us to my number one. Yeah, yeah, that was right. Yeah. You only have your number one remaining. Yep, I do. Um. Okay. Uh, so my number one, probably the most predictable, uh, but my number one is Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> Never again. <laughs> like that's, you know, I I, I begged off because I didn't want to do it. But when we were first talking about doing this Megapixels, I, I almost said, I was like, should we just disqualify Requiem for a Dream? Because like, that's my number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really interesting and in the it's really interesting the number of there are a couple of filmmakers that like a number of their films came up for me on this list and Darren Aronofsky is one of them. He's like four. Um he's like four or five. Yeah, like yeah. I I mean Requiem but like Pi and like Black Swan Mother, and yeah. Mother Jesus. and um what was the other one? Hold on. Even The Whale, know. I'm never going to watch again. The Whale, yeah. <laughs> Um, the wrestler, I'm trying to think the fountain. Um, I, I so like the, the, the wrestler and the fountain I, are both ones that I would watch over and over again. Yeah. But, um, I think we just said all of them. Noah, I think is the only other one. In I've there. never seen Noah. Um, me neither. But, uh, yeah. Requiem for a dream is, I don't know the last time I watched this and I don't know if I have watched this twice. Um, I've not. So it came out in 2000. So like right as I was going into high school, I'm pretty sure I watched this in high school. Wow. Um, but um, I mean, Jared Leto, J- 
Jennifer Connelly, Marlon Wayans, and just like, you know, down the list. Um, I mean, a movie about drug addiction um, yeah. in many different forms. And uh, I think for my life, at least one of the realest depictions of drug abuse I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah. I don't think it gets more, I don't want to say graphic, but like intense and like anxiety inducing. Um, yeah. And uh, just, yeah, across the board, every character you get to the end and you're just like, oh, like it, it's hard to even vocalize like the feeling in the pit of the stomach that this movie uh, gives you. And it's like, you know, it, the few people I've talked to, that's the first one that comes up for everybody. Yeah. It's like, it's Requiem. Like, yeah. No you one know, goes um, back again. <laughs> no one ever. That's a one shot movie. Um, yeah. I want, I wish, <laughs> I wish uh, letterbox had a metric of like number of people who've rewatched this, but Oh God, I don't want to meet those people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Just this, you know, there's one guy out there that watches it every, you know. Oh yeah. Every he's like, days. this is his, this is his, um, yeah. Throw it on before bed movie and like just drift off. <laughs> yeah. There you go. The sounds of drift overdosing. Yeah. <laughs> um, Horrifying. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know that there's much more to say about it. I feel we, we said this last week. Uh, <laughs> this one, I definitely feel very just like cliche it being at the top of my list, but it's at the top of my list. Of like, course. I don't want to say fuck this movie, but fuck this movie. And like, yeah intensely well made but but yeah it's yeah i love darren aronofsky as a filmmaker yeah um and i think he's come a long way since here yeah um i think pie is unapologetically like intense and this was him elevating that and then uh what was his film after this um was it the fountain it was pie it was requiem oh and then it was the fountain yeah yeah Yeah. which Um, was Step in a different direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the wrestler, and then Black Swan, and then and then he's Noah Mother. Then he's the off. Yeah. yeah, he's like doing whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. <laughs> Mother's nuts. um. So <laughs> yeah, Mother is Aronofsky post Black Swan. Yeah, uh, Oscar win and post Noah uh, bomb. So here's just like yeah, okay, do whatever you want. Yeah, man. and he's like, oh, okay, I will. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, oh God. So yeah, that's my, yeah, that's my number one, um, was always going to be my number one. So yeah. Requiem for a dream. God damn it. Yeah. Just a, just a tough film that I will also never watch again. Uh, I didn't include, there's, there's a couple movies that I didn't include because I thought either you would do it or, or I just wanted to like switch it up a little bit. It was that one. Yeah. A clockwork orange, um, Mm -hmm. cannibal Holocaust. There's a bunch that I'm like, these fit in a, in a like an yeah. echelon of films that are just too upsetting to like return to regardless. Yeah. Um, I would put um American History X. American History that. X. Um yep. Gus Van Sant's um, Elephant as well is up there for me. Mm-hmm. Um but I would put uh eight millimeter. Eight millimeter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a fuck movie. It totally um, is. Um and I guess my number one is the only one that I think I was like, I this has to be my number one. Um, it's definitely in that lineage of films. Uh, it's Wes Craven's The Last House on the Left from 1972. Mm. Um, being such a horror guy, like I, uh, I mean, yeah. I'm such like Wes is one. I think I've called him the master of horror mel- multiple times on this podcast just because of his influence on everything. And this is where it all started. If you don't know, Last House on the Left is like 
like as exploitive as exploitation films can get. It's his first movie yeah. ever, and it was right after some of the censorship laws had been repealed. So he was like, mm-hmm. oh, we're going all out. And hearing Let's him talk and about yeah. it, he was like very... I mean, Wes was a very intelligent, s- sensitive person. And he, you know, he... like he knew what he was doing when he made these movies and what kind of response it would get. Um, And this movie is one of the most disturbing pieces of fiction that almost doesn't feel quite like fiction to me about the brutal assault, rape, and murder of two girls and the revenge that the parents enact on the murderers. And while it is a, like a truly astonishingly well-made, like borderline B- revenge movie mm-hmm. the first like half of this movie is so hard to get through the first time that there's just nothing there's just nothing you can do and there's been exploitation films that i've really enjoyed and i and i like this movie because of what it stands for and obviously this is the beginning of his career but yeah it's a place in history yeah. exactly but it's not easy at all, and it's not supposed to be like this. Is supposed to be as graphic graphic as it gets, so that you so that what happens to the murderers you feel completely fine with in the end, which is great. Yeah. I mean, it's it's great. Um, but yeah, it's Wes Craven pulling out all the stops. Which, like, if you know him, it's like, what does that even mean? This is what it means. <laughs> yeah. His first movie. It's it really. It's kind of like Raimi with Evil Dead, where it's like. This is bonkers. Like, this is out there. This is you truly just doing what you want. And yeah, this movie has been remade. I don't know why. It's like I spit on your grave. I'm like, you don't need to do these movies again or Martyrs. It's like, you really don't need to, like, you don't need to. Like, the the original stands on its own because of just how tough it is. Um, Another movie I was thinking of. Well, and there's been, there's been like literal remakes of that literal of it too and sequels that i'm like no no no. yeah this is not a franchise guys like this is a one and done (laughs) like it's not a you know watch the trailer dear listener if you haven't it's genius it's so like upsetting because it's basically like the like words come up on the screen that says like just keep repeating to yourself this is only a movie and i'm like I can't imagine going to the theater in 1972 and seeing this after not yeah. ever seeing something like this and just being like, holy shit. So, yeah, um, I almost put Deliverance on my list as well. It's another movie that like, it just yeah. upsets me deeply. And uh, yeah, I had to get I had to get one classic on here. So Last House on the Left is my number one very soft recommendation um, because it is one of the great horror films. But jesus christ is it really yeah it's, it's a weird it's a weird thing that's like are these our recommendations i guess i guess um what a, but like yeah um everyone should you, if you're a film person you should watch both requiem for a dream and last house on the left like yes truly um, true true but you won't watch them again <laughs> um i'm curious uh was there anything else on your list that you want to shout out real quick? Um, I mean, really, it was just like a clockwork orange deliverance. Um, yeah. Requiem was there. There wasn't anything too, too major. Cause I was trying to, I tried to go weird, like weirder. Yeah. I was like, Oh, let's go with like a bunch of documentaries and stuff. And like, um, sure. So not really besides those. What wow. about you? Um, I mean like there, <sighs> I, I mean, I, I had a big list here, but like some Von Trier um, movies. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, you get into like Antichrist and, you know, yeah, Jesus. things like that. Um, 
the human centipede was recommended to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's like a lot of, uh, a lot of them out there, but yeah, it's weird because also a lot of them I like have kind of begged off of a lot anyway, mm. you know, where it's like, I, I, I feel like if I get that sense from a movie, I'm like, I'm well then like, no, right. You I'm know. not going to, why would I'm I do gonna, this? I'm not gonna, yeah. Yeah. Why, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, why would I do this to myself? But, uh, yeah. And it's also interesting because a lot of them, so like I was doing some, some searching on letterboxes for, you know, only watch once lists and things like that. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of them on there that I'm like, I would watch that a thousand times. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but so I, it's interesting because I feel like there is a level on all of this that like depends very much on uh, who you are. Absolutely. Well, you know. Um, yeah. And like, yeah. I don't know. It, it depends on who you are because a lot of these things kind of dig deep into your psyche and like the reasons that they either freak you out or disturb you or unsettle you or just make you just like turned off. They're going to be person to person, you know, like I think yeah. everyone can agree like violence like sucks, but it's like, but what is it about the violence? And I'll watch John Wick all day, but like when it comes to certain kinds of violence, yeah. there is just a no go zone there. And even something like, like I brought up deliverance a couple of times, like the violence in deliverance is not, it's so different than the violence in like the equalizer say. Yeah. It is yeah. so much more upsetting, even though you see things that happen in the Equalizer and you're like, wow, he like ripped that dude's eyeball. It's like, that's fine with me. But like the stuff that happens in that movie or or better yet, A Clockwork Orange, it's just, yeah, you just don't want to be in that space. You know, like yeah. I just can't stand watching that movie. <laughs> like, And that's kind of where I think I'd land with uh, Super that I was talking yeah. about earlier that I'm like, I feel like I just like wouldn't want to be in that movie. Like, I feel like if I tried to watch that now, I'd probably just turn it off. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to shout out that E.T. is not on my list. It's not. Um, there you go. Though I am in no way going to watch E.T. again. Um, hey, never say I, never. I, I felt like I w- <laughs> I'm putting that in the Akira folder of like if it was going to happen, it, it would have happened happen. by now. I remember in middle school, my friends tried to get me to watch it and I like had a panic attack and called my mom to bring me home. Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shout out, pause. Uh, but um, yeah. Yeah, this is I, this is quite the list. Do you want to run through your list uh, one more time? Yeah, just to, to to cap it off there. Yeah, to cap it off here. Um, so my runner up was uh, we need to talk about Kevin. My number five was Shoa. My number four was the other side of the underneath. My number three was Kids. My number two was Dominion, and my number one movie that I liked but would never watch again is uh, Wes Craven's The Last House on the Left. And uh, what you about go. you? Run through nice. yours. Uh, so my runner-up was Avatar. Um, my uh, my number five was Super. My number four was Akure, The Wrath of God. Uh, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> fuck that movie. Uh, my number three was Joker. My number two was Akira. And my number one was Requiem for a Dream. Um, God damn you, Darren Aronofsky. God, he just likes to needle under your skin and just... Yeah, God. no pun. Yeah, intended. yes, yes. <laughs> Um, fantastic those are two really great we kind of covered all of the bases there it's true it's true um yeah from avatar to kids you know (laughs) there you go there's a list for you um Uh, i guess we don't have recommendations um take your pick from the lists because like 
you uh, if you haven't watched, I think you said it, but if you haven't watched Requiem or Last House on the Left, yeah. um, do that. Yeah. Be prepared, um, but do it. Be prepared. Yeah. Don't just like stumble into Requiem. Yeah. And think you're going to, you know, go to dinner later. <laughs> right. Exactly. But uh, yeah. So I don't know. I feel like we've like reached the end here, but I'm like, I, there's usually. M- there's more. usually way more. But yeah, we're usually. Like bantering back. I guess we're bantering, but like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Josh, where can people find you on the internet? Let's just dive right there. We'll just go right into it. People can find me on the internet on both Instagram and Letterbox at Josh J. Fuller. And where can people find you, Willis? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd at Willisfilm. And if you want to find the pod, you can find us on Letterboxd and Instagram at Pixel Splitters, uh, where you can find all of our lists. Um, and this will have, we'll have all, this is a. <laughs> It's a list. This is a really um, crazy list. <laughs> it's a really crazy list. Uh oh, and God. that'll uh that'll do it. Um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that'll do it. What a weird one. What a very strange one. Um, but it's good. We hadn't done a megapixels in a minute, and this is a perfect That's one true. to get back at. Uh it, it shows you a little bit more of our tastes and who we are, which is part of the reason we do Made this. Made me revisit a lot of movies that you, I hadn't thought about in a very long in time. In a very long time. <laughs> Uh, yeah. All right. I think that'll do it. There we go. Uh, you want to take us out there? Uh, yeah. End of pod. Yeah.